We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Winning isn't everything, but it's the only thing. In our business, there is no second place. Either your first or your last. Exactly two minutes remain in this football game. Dallas leads Green Bay 17 14. Shar on third down. Third and goal. Quarterback. Three seconds left. Green Bay Packers are going to be world champions, NFL champions for the third straight year. Far. Lays it up for Freeman and it's incomplete. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Talk of the Tundra. I am your host, Numac. We are coming to you with another podcast with the Packers and New England Patriots preview. They're playing this week with uh, possibly not Mac Jones. But before we jump into all of it, I have with me my lovely co-host, Jordan Tresky. Jordan, how are you doing? Doing well. Ready for the Packers to... Hopefully, take care of business against the Patriots. I almost went into a, a song and dance there with taking care of business, but <laughs> I, I will spare the audience my singing and dancing. Yeah, that's going to be uh, one of those weeks where we hope the Packers just show up, do their job, and come away with a W. The New England Patriots are off to a little bit of a skittish start after facing the Dolphins, Steelers, and Ravens in the first three weeks, the Dolphins being the surprise of the NFL early on and the Ravens looking like the powerhouse that they've been built to be over the last few years. They lost to both of them and then beat the Steelers in a close 17-14 win in Week 2, but still 1-2 and two nonetheless, without, possibly without their quarterback, Mac Jones, who has a ankle sprain, as far as I'm aware. He didn't have any structural, or his x-rays were negative, is what, I'm, what I meant to say, on Monday, so he didn't break anything, but that doesn't mean that any of the ligaments or the muscles that are in his ankle aren't hurting pretty bad because I don't know if you saw the post-game pictures, Jordan, after I heard this past Sunday's game, he was in some agonizing pain. 
Mac Ooh. Jones is quite the expressive dude, and uh, they caught him being expressive <laughs> in quite the way. <laughs> <laughs> so, hope obviously not not great that he's not feeling the best, but it's fair as well for the Packers having to go against esteemed quarterback Brian Hoyer this week. Should Mac Jones sit out? Brian Hoyer, yeah. Good God. <laughs> I haven't seen a lot of him since he was, I think, the Browns quarterback for a while. Browns, there might have been like some Cardinals in there, Texans, or maybe was that the Texans. It, it's hard to keep track of where he's been. He's just, he's like a journeyman. Yeah. Like, I know Chase Daniel has made, he's like infamous for like just hanging around and having like 40 <laughs> snaps to his name. Brian Hoare actually gets in there and plays, but like it's still an accomplishment that he's lasted as long as he has. Yeah, absolutely. Let's see. Brian Hoyer, man, is 37 years old. Jeez Louise. That's incredible. But all regardless, here, let's go through teams. Play for the Patriots, the Cardinals, the Browns, the Texans, the Bears, the Niners, the Patriots again, Colts and the Patriots again. So I think uh Axel Colts. Edward Brian Hoyer has been uh, Wait, what? <laughs> you didn't listen to the pot on Sunday. <laughs> I well, I was Ty, about to Ty Ty broke the news to me and I said it was fake news too, but the man's real name is Axel Edward Brian Hoyer. <laughs> Watch the YouTube people. Look at Jordan's stunned face. <laughs> That's even more it's what <laughs> Axel. I had the same exact reaction. Why is his name Axel? <laughs> Why is he? How, okay, here. Oh, perfect. Did, was this also explained on the pod? Am I doing a rerun right now? No, I I didn't hear an explanation. I just heard that that's what was name. I made time move on because I wasn't about to get into the uh, etymology of Brian Hoyer's name. But since this is the preview pod, we can absolutely get into this. His dad's name is Axel. And his dad is from Germany. He says he thinks it's a pretty common name there, which I don't feel like it is. I don't think it is either. Um, but he went, he eventually went by Brian after uh, getting bullied. Yeah. First and second grade <laughs> roll call was really rough when the teacher would call Oh, it was Axel. actually bullying. <laughs> yeah. And all the kids would laugh at me. How would kids laugh at him like that? This is, I mean, Axel's a fine name, but it's just a very, I would not associate him. It's a fine name. (laughs) I just would not associate him as Axel Hoyer. Right. So, yeah, that's uh, Brian Hoyer is likely going to be starting for the Patriots this week. I know Bill Belichick. (laughs) Axel's going to be starting for the Patriots this week. (laughs) Bill Belichick has been um, predictably mum on the subject telling reporters that he hasn't looked at the x-rays, he's not a doctor, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, because that's the kind of angsty person that Bill Belichick is and doesn't want to answer those types of uh, meaningless questions to him. So we don't really know. Mac Jones has told teammates, according to a report, that he's not to count him out for this week, but I think it'd be malpractice if they let him play. It's not worth going into Lambeau to try and play on a week's rest on a pretty severely sprained ankle as far as I'm aware to try and sneak out a win rather than letting it heal and try and compete for the rest of um, the season. Also given that you know Bill Belichick's never going to give up on a season but you have the Bills and the Dolphins now in that 
division who are seemingly both off to pretty hot starts and aren't going to alter, but again, only week now four. Maybe the Dolphins fall off, maybe the Bills fall off, probably not, but the same oh. idea is that maybe we try and keep Mac Jones healthy for his career rather than his uh just this week. Yeah. So Yeah, just it's I mean, they're ultimately gonna make the decision that they do, but yeah. It would be very shocking to see go through a week. I mean, we went through it with last year under a pretty interesting circumstances. <laughs> um, having a quarterback walk in and take uh, reps and not, you know, like it's just a very different game plan when, I mean, I would assume Axel and Mac Jones are similar quarterbacks in just like game manager mode. Right. But it, it's just not it's not ideal to have someone that's going to miss practice all three days and then just be like, hey, go out there and play and produce. It's like, it doesn't really work that way. No, it don't. No, it don't. So if they end up do leaning on Brian Hoyer to lead their offense, I think a big part of their offense then is going to be the run game, which in my opinion is like on par with their passing game, if not a little better. Damian Harris and... Um, Ramondre Stevenson, the second year back, are pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. They pack up a one-two punch, and Stevenson has been really good out of the backfield than showing off his skills as a pass catcher as of late, and that was kind of what he worked on over the offseason to go into that number one um, that number one role, like the running back number one on the team, essentially. Um, so far this year, between Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson, Damian Harris has 35 rushing attempts on 160 yards rushing and two touchdowns. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson has 30, or I'm sorry, 29 um, attempts on 145 yards on touchdown, and they both have uh, about 30 yards receiving on six or seven catches. So they're pretty much the encapsulation of a running back by committee, which has been the case in uh, New England for a very long time. So it's more of the same, and I think that it'll be a big part of their offense coming into, um, coming into the the game on Sunday. Yeah, definitely feature running backs. It's going to be a very they're going to want to slow the game down, conjure up many as many yards as they can. Mm-hmm. Hope that you have the big plays go in your favor. But between Harris and Stevenson, like it's kind of view it. I know we were talking about this pre-pod, but it's very similar to Bears game where you don't have that elite running back like Dave Montgomery is shaping up to be, but a one-two punch of Harris and Stevenson could easily just gash up the Packers' run defense as we have seen through two of the three weeks so far this year. Right. Um, So... I think from that standpoint, there's obviously going to be a big emphasis on that. Um, and then it's just a matter of, can you limit? I'm sure, I forget who's, the, I know McDaniels obviously was a longtime coordinator there, and I'm forgetting who is their offensive coordinator now. Is it, it's not Joe Judge, is it? Uh, I think it is, according to just this quick pro football reference bit. Um. The other notable assistants is Joe Judge, quarterback slash offensive assistant, and Matt Patricia, who's the offensive line and senior advisor. But I'll look quick to see if I can find their actual offensive coordinator. Interesting. Well, I the other thing, too, is I feel like New England also was very – it wouldn't have been surprising to see them 
run like gadget plays with their speedy wideouts. I know that like Jacoby Myers or um, I wouldn't necessarily call Aguilar Nelson Aguilar that, but like you could see some creativity with <laughs> with their wideouts in that sense. Yeah. But like it's first year, well, I guess return of return of the judge. Um, <laughs> as your core office coordinator, right? And no, I, uh, yeah, I think that when healthy, their wide receiver room is a lot like the Packers, just middle of the road. Yes, not that not nobody stands out, um, as of right now, but yeah, they're I think their healthy wide receiver room is like wide receiver one is Jacoby Myers, two is Devontae Parker, three is Nelson Aguilar, and then they kind of just mix in Kendrick Bourne and Jonah Smith. And Hunter Henry when they can, but yeah. I don't know if Jacoby Myers is going to play. Um, he didn't play last week. He is he was limited in practice today. It's according to Pro Football Reference. Mm. But I'll check that um that tweet for the injury report in a second. But yeah, it's it's okay when it's healthy. So it'll be yeah. like you said, a lot like the Bears week where we just need to Jair if he's healthy. But otherwise, Eric Stokes was with Douglas, and the rest of that, um, rest of that safety or secondary just needs to do their job and cover the guys they have more than enough talent to cover. Yeah, limit big plays again. Very much in line with how the Packers defensively. I it's just hard <laughs> again with the injuries to Jones, and as you just mentioned, I forgot that Myers didn't play last week. Yep. If your lead wide receiver and obviously your starting quarterback are not practicing and not healthy, um, you can easily overlook what the Patriots have, right? And be like, oh, yeah, okay, this is you know taking care of business time kind of thing, right? But there's always that lingering bit. What is Bill gonna gonna do this week and just try to limit the Packers and I don't know, build it. Bill Belichickian magic. What yeah. does he have in store? That kind of thing. I'm sure he'll try to scheme up something, but yeah, Jacoby Myers is limited in participation and limited limited participation in practice uh, two days in a row now on Wednesday and Thursday. So likely be questionable for this week. If he plays, it'll be better for them. He didn't play last week, so we'll just have to see. But um, we'll go through the injury report quick. Just to talk about the notables, uh, Jair Alexander and David Bakhtiari, as well as Mercedes Lewis, were limited in participation in practice on Wednesday and then did not participate on Thursday. And Elton Jenkins did not participate on Wednesday, but was limited in participation in practice today on Thursday. I think that's something that Matt LaFleur and the coaching staff are working on to give these guys um, sort of alternating days on and off of practice to give them some rest if they're injured and then get them some work. I think it makes sense to alternate Bakhtiari and Jenkins um, um, having the rest days and their work days. That way they both can get reps in the starting um, starting offense in case one can't go. That makes the most sense to me. I think last week Bakhtiari only practiced one day and EJ practiced two. Now it's flip-flopping flop. It's flip flopping this week. So that's all fine by me. Not too concerned. Hopefully... They both can go, and Bakhtiari can continue to exist. <laughs> yes, that would be most important. Just yep. keeping things fresh, and they have they have options. 
Yes. It's not a matter of just, it's not a matter of just like, okay, let's hope everything goes well with Bakhtiari's rehab or right. going the season where it's like, okay, when do we project Jenkins to come back? Yep. Now you can look at those two being in the fold and kind of being steady with their usage during off days slash practice time. And then it's, it's ramping up into the week, into the, into the game more uh, specifically. Right. Exactly. So yeah, that's, that's yeah. Just having that flexibility with their offensive line is just something that they <laughs> didn't oh, increasingly have last year. It's a luxury. It. It's a luxury. Yes. Oh, absolutely. It's yeah. They, they have, they have depth there. Um, especially with some of the guys that are on the practice squad and um, just looking at some of the other um, teams the NFL are facing with their with their offensive line, it's it's not great. No, um, not at all. I think the it was the Jets um, have just been shuffling around their offensive line all season long. They just add another person to IR. Yeah, they have. They have three tackles on IR. Oh God! <laughs> Which that's is, Jets football for you. That's Jets football. So yeah, the Packers are living in luxury right now. So I'm knocking some wood um, to make sure that that sustains. But then, just finishing out the some of the injury report. Christian Watson was limited in practice yesterday. Was a full participant today. So that's that's good. Trending upwards for him to come back and hopefully make an impact and kind of have some sort of a breakout game like Romeo Dobbs did last week. And then Al Lazard was limited in both days with an ankle injury, which I think is just going to be his same ankle injury that he nursed all preseason. So I wouldn't be too concerned about that limiting him as much as we think. So Yeah. Um, but yeah, look, going into this week, I'd like to see, just sort of talking about like game planning now, in the first few weeks, the Patriots um, defense was okay against the run, and their win or in their loss against the the Dolphins, they only let up um, about sixty-ish yards um, rushing, keeping the biggest rusher to Chase Edmonds, who had twelve carries for twenty-five yards. So, not that not that many, but still lost twenty to seven. However, the one of the most electrifying offenses in football right now, the Baltimore Ravens. They let up 100 yards to Lamar Jackson, 60 yards to Justice Hill, and 23 yards to J.K. Dobbins, who was fresh off of injury. So you could probably inflate those numbers a little bit if you wanted. But regardless, they got gashed for 180-some, 190 yards last week. So I would like to assume that A.J. Uh, Dillon and Aaron Jones are better than Justice Hill and J.K. Dobbins. So I could see the run game being a big part of this week's offense. Yeah, definitely. I mean, again, I think even Aaron Rodgers from some of the midweek quotes I've seen, um, we've obviously talked a lot about just like the difference in the approach to the offense rather than just like the overall execution, which right. could definitely be better. But I think it's it's more playing the long game and they're not – they're they're – or interested in sustaining drives as a loud car just passes. As <laughs> um, they're more interested in sustaining drives, sustaining long drives, and then obviously hoping that you can execute when getting to the red zone or finding the back of the back of the end zone, some, some fashion, but it, that from that standpoint, obviously that's where Jones and Dylan's usage like looms large. 
Um, the one thing that I saw too is Patriots defense. They've had 10 sacks and they have like, I believe, let me break up my handy stats notes. <laughs> I heard you had highest, some stats for this, this week. Yeah. Third highest sack percentage per football reference, which is not nothing. No. Um, considering, especially considering some of the teams that they have played. Right. So. Meaning again, that they're getting to the quarterback at the third highest rate. Yes. Gotcha. Yeah. Per, yeah, per drop back, I believe that is. Gotcha. They, That's uh, nothing to turn your nose up at. Hopefully that no offensive line shows up. We don't have to see Rodgers on the ground too many times this week because that would be a... If there's one thing, I should say one thing, if there's of many things, something that could sort of derail this week, it'd be the Packers, like you said, not sustaining drives and taking those big tackles for loss and sacks. I mean, that's... That's why the <laughs> that's why the Buccaneers game was as dramatic as it was, just because it's like okay, there's after the first five drives, nothing happened, right? <laughs> there, no, exactly. Nothing was sustained, and you know Packers defense did what they could to more than what they could, honestly, at that point where they just took care of business. Mm-hmm. But again, it's not I. It's very easy to look go from okay, you're playing the Buccaneers defense, which kept them in that game all day long to a Patriots defense who comes off a bad week, letting up, you know, getting demolished by a very good Ravens team and Ravens offense specifically. Right. I think you could overlook it like just the circumstances, but it's still like part of the Belichick mystique being it, what it is, they game plan to specific opponents. They know the way that the Packers want to play. And it's almost, very Patriots like where it's like game management. It's very control the tempo. You obviously have an upgraded version of their backfield, but it, the same core tenants of both teams overlap with one another. So from that standpoint, it's like you're kind of, you're already game playing with what you already know and what you preach to your own team. So then it's like, okay, if that applies to us, how can we just execute that and make, you know, Sunday a tougher game than what is uh, what it looks like going into it, at least. Right, absolutely. And I think it'll be up to the Packers, obviously, to make sure that they can just play their offense, play their game, sort of run the ball really well, like the last time they needed to at Lambeau, mm-hmm. and yep. then just start opening up the field with some passes. Like, I'd love to see a a blowout this week. And like, I'd love to see just a really good offensive performance from this team. We saw that they're capable of it in the first two drives of the Buccaneers game. They like this oh, offense yeah. can do it. Let's get Romeo Dobbs next in more. Let's skip some shots to Alan Lazar. Let's let's kind of get some Christian Watson down the field plays going, and see if we can make this week easy. So that maybe if we're fortunate that the starters don't have to play in the fourth, like that'd be really great going into the London game. Like that'd be oh, that'd be yeah. huge. Especially I mean the thing too, Sammy Watkins is on IR. Yep. You'd hope that he comes back after was it three four weeks? Four weeks. Four four weeks. weeks. That's a speed threat though. And yep. You know, Lazard and Dobbs obviously did what they could to and Cobb, not to forget him. Right. Um but that's where can you can is you don't want this, what Dobbs did last week, to be a blip. 
Uh, exactly. Nor do you want that to be the game. Like now that your your wide receiver room is getting a little more healthier, you don't yeah. want to like go back in that way of like, okay, we saw that he can handle it and is comfortable in that role. Keep keep pushing it further. Same with Christian Watson. Obviously, he's coming off a he didn't play last week, and we talked about how it's kind of like this, you know, very even more so. With Watson and Dobbs, I would say, is it's very slow in how they want, how you you view him as a traditional wide receiver versus, hey, let's do some jet sweeps or these gadget plays that. For a second round pick, Amari Rodgers. Yeah, yeah, like exactly. They're, they're yeah. using him in the Amari Rodgers role that we saw in the preseason, yeah. as the second round pick that they picked him as. Like, well, why don't we do some more dynamic down the field? Yeah, don't make him Watson. just a specialist. Yes, exactly. Um, but yeah, I think that's where it's, you know, this is an opportunity for both of them to, to at least capitalize and hopefully shine, but it helps having the security of Alan Lazard playing as well as he has, even with all, you know, his ankle injuries and struggles and Cobb, I mean, honestly, has been kind of what they needed from him, it wasn't that he wasn't like this last year, but I think it's been more consistent to start the year. Right. Which is very encouraging to see. Right. Did you hear Ty's um, comparison of what Randall Cobb is to this team? I don't think I did. He likened Randall Cobb to the Packers to as Wes Matthews to the Bucks. Yeah. Like a, I, a veteran yeah. who you can't ask to do it all every single game, but when you need something... In a crucial moment, Wes Matthews is going to be there. Randall Cobb mm-hmm. is going to be there. We saw it last week. We saw it against the Bears. He's just that veteran presence. Yeah, that's a very apt comparison. That's what I thought. And it's, yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I just really want a big game this week out of the offense. Like, there's no reason that we shouldn't. It should be a, a nice day in Green Bay on Sunday at Lambeau. We don't get Patriots games very often. Doesn't really mean much now that Tom Brady's not there. Um, but regardless, should be what is shaping up to be an easy game, considering Brian Hoyer's quarterbacking. Axel Edward is quarterbacking. Axel, yeah. <laughs> the New England Patriots. Another well. stat. Are you ready? I am so ready, Jordan. I want this stat like I want a lot of things in life. 25% of the Packers' drives have ended in a score, which is the fourth worst oh. in the NFL. Let me... Uh, buy some time and go to see who the other three are. I believe the Colts are the other is oh, the other one. That's a bad company. Very bad company. Very, very bad company. Let me see. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Uh, yeah, Colts are the worst. Saints, second worst. Washington, so third worst. Colts are one and two? Or one, I and, don't think, one and one? I, don't th- I think they're Oh, they are one, one, and one. Yeah, they tied Houston week one. Colts are one, one, and one. Saints are one and two, I believe. And Washington's one and, and two. And Washington's one and two. So, of those three teams, we're the best out of them. I'd say we've had. I don't want to say the hardest. Like, I don't want to say that because it's subjective to how good the other, like the team is, right? Like, like yeah. the the losing team essentially, like those other three teams, because they aren't very good. They're gonna have harder schedules because they're playing. The difference between them is more. That being said, they didn't have to face the Vikings. They didn't have to face the Buccaneers. So I think the Saints did, and they lost. Like, that's the Saints 
lost to the Buccaneers. We beat the Buccaneers. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All that being said, there's been so much property. Yeah, the transitive property. <laughs> um, with all that being said, and all this, all this uh, comparisons being set aside, I think there is a lot of meat on the bone for the Packers to Absolutely. to bump that percentage up way more than it at that twenty five percent mark. Just because week one was bad, like there was a lot going wrong, and we know how week one went. Yeah. Week two and week three were a lot of the same. We're absolutely beating the bricks off of the defense in the first half. And then once halftime came, adjustments were made and they couldn't do anything. So I think it's just a matter of the floor and the offense, making sure that that aggressiveness and consistency is maintained in the second half and keeping the foot on the gas pedal instead of just cruising to a light win. They should be winning big. So, and making those adjustments and making the counter adjustments to what the defense is doing. So. Yeah, that's. I think that is definitely where it is at this point where it's about sustaining their offense throughout all 60 minutes. Exactly. I mean, you're not, you're not going to expect points every drive, even though that would be uh, great. Right. Well, <laughs> the, first, the first of the Roger year, the first MVP of like the last couple of years, like Roger's second most recent MVP, that was kind of what they were doing. They were scoring almost every drive. Yep. That that season. It was crazy. They had a that's, really powerful offense. That's where where they are right now kind of reminds me of when it was how it was LeFleur's for first year. Yeah. Because the defense really popped in a major way that I think a lot of people were hoping for. Um and granted that was, you know, all of their personnel was virtually new in terms of just their starting defenders. Mm-hmm. Um and obviously, Mike Penn was the holdover from McCarthy into Lafleur, and it was like, oh, okay, you're focusing on the offense and how how Lafleur can unlock Aaron Rodgers and you know limit his um, freestyling and kind of you know that kind of the end of what encapsulated the end of the McCarthy era, exactly. Where the offense just what like stalled out multiple times, and that's where it was like, oh, Aaron Jones, like. If Aaron Jones has a really good day, like the the Packers could take care of business, and that was where like all the talk about like the thirteen and three. It's the most like fraudulent thirteen and three, which is like, <laughs> freaking amazing to me. But yeah, I that's I kind of am 
now that we're three games in, it just that's where I see more flashes of with the offenses that it it does it's obviously a reset when you lose Devontae and you've had so many injuries, not just with your wide receivers, but obviously week one was the offensive line was kind of in shambles too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's it's been a feeling out process for sure. Mm-hmm. Um anything else on the offense you want to talk about? Or else it'll shift the defense. Um I think it'll be I think it'll be interesting with just how again it's hard to kind of um game plan for the Patriots defense because they are notorious for picking out things that they want to limit from their opponents and take away. Mm-hmm. But that I kind of their secondary is a little bit I wouldn't say worrisome from a package perspective, but I think it can easily neutralize just an inexperienced or kind of yeah. banged up wide receiver core, I would say, for the Packers. Yeah, which will definitely be something something to watch, right? Because with Al Lazard being kind of Al Lazard and Randall Cobb to a lesser extent being the the veterans on the team, it's going to be a little bit of a um a challenge and for like Gabriel Peppers kind of, he's I think he's fine. I haven't heard much of him since he left uh the Giants, but mm-hmm. overall they should be okay. They should be able yeah. to do their work and do that kind of stuff. So um all right. Defense should have a pretty good time this week with Brian Hoyer throwing <laughs> the football if that's the case. I really yeah. would like to see again this goes into the blowout part. Just really dominate this game, get out or get out ahead early, and uh, put the the smackdown on on Axel Edward. Just to be just to show off the pressure, right? Like they kind of need to do that to set the tone. Like we're not playing down to you guys. We're gonna come out with you with everything we have, just to make sure that we win this game, win it handily, get out of here. Yep. Um, pass rush is gonna be big. Um, thankfully, the Packers have the third best. Um, player in the NFL when it comes to pass rush win percentage and Kenny Clark at 25.3 tied with Joey Bosa and he's the only interior lineman in the top five between Gregory Rousseau Micah Parsons, Kenny Clark and the Bosa twins, or brothers are not not twins, Um, but yeah Kenny Clark is the only interior lineman on that top five list, so usually a place where you see an Aaron Donald type of name, but he's not there right now but Kenny Clark was, I saw some clips this week on Twitter, just a clinic. The, yeah. mo- the moves he's putting on some of these linemen are insane, so getting a lot of push is going to be important, as well as just stopping that run. Yep. Rashawn Gary, too, I believe, oh, I should have saw it, or looked this up before we recorded. <laughs> um, something great about him. He's he's very good. That's the other thing. Rashawn uh, Gary is very perfect. good. Perfect, yeah. Perfect. Preston Smith has had a great start too. <laughs> we saw him do a lot of damage against a similar offense in the Bears a couple weeks ago for his home game. Yep. Yeah. Again, pass rush is what it is. Can they get start getting home more? At least pressuring Hoyer. Yeah. Um, just make like life uncomfortable. Just because you know it's still touch and go with their run defense. So it's yeah. it's going to be even more of an emphasis to make life hell for Axel. 
Um, I think this will be like a, a show me week. Like show me you can stop the run defense against an average set of running backs. Yes. They, they couldn't do it against Dalvin Cook, elite running back. Dave Montgomery is in that like middle tier between average and elite. Like he's he's good. He's great. He's not elite, not average. Um Leonard Fournette, I would say, is in that same tier as David Montgomery. And they held him in check pretty well last week too, so like they can they can do it. I want to see mm-hmm. them do it again against a pair of um I don't want to say dominant, but I'll say dynamic uh receiver like receiving running yeah. backs. Like they can yeah. both run and catch the ball. And I think that'll be a lot of what they need to keep in check. Um for what it's worth, it hasn't seemed like it because it's been touch and go in every single week kind of so far. But oh, the yeah. Packers defense has the highest third down stop uh rate in the league. At seventy-seven point four percent, which in the first half against the Buccaneers was evident. The, yeah, uh, they were stopping them pretty much all game, or all the first half, and then they kind of let the the Buccaneers kind of get into it. So, especially that last uh, last drive. Especially the last drive. But who knows? <laughs> I don't know if there's any third downs in the last drive. But oh, um, that yeah, that was also true. They were just getting <laughs> anything they wanted. Yeah, they're getting first down, the first down, the first down. So. Um, yeah, I think it'll be important, and I would just love to see the secondary impose their will. Let Eric Stokes cover Jacoby Myers if he plays. Let or and I guess let Jair cover Jacoby if he plays, because we don't know if Jair's gonna play yet. But then yeah, let um Eric Stokes, Russell Douglas, and just that secondary go to work. They they can do it. Absolutely, love to see. Another big week from Quay Walker. You know what? You know what? Actually, I'd love to see um, Monte Wyatt get run this week. There was clips going around Twitter this week after the Buccaneers game where he had a few snaps where he was making good moves. He was doing um, really good stuff in the snaps that he played. It's building on that, right? And I think mm-hmm. this is a really good week to do that. He's not going to have a super um, aggressive and mobile quarterback to get after it's 37 year old Axel Edward Brian Hoyer like he should be able to pressure him and get home and I think if he can have a good week to get his confidence up and kind of show that he belongs in the NFL and is worthy of that first round pick I think that'd be huge for him getting playing time he's it's hard to get playing time from right now given just where the um Packers locker room is at in that um on that defensive line with Kenny Clark, Dean Lowry, and the rest, but getting him confidence and showing off that to the team that he can do it would be enormous. Yep, especially on weeks like this where Patriots are banged up, they're not playing their starting quarterback in all likelihood. Right. Can you continue making flashes and then building it on not just you know game day, but I'm sure that's part of the reason why as you mentioned too, the Packers have an experienced defensive line and yep. they're going to lean on that more. There's not as many opportunities to just get in there. <laughs> That's right. why I, whatever it was, the eight or two weeks ago, he only had eight snaps. So can you, if, if the game goes the Packers way, you see a lot more second stringers, third stringers come into the game. Can he show something in those, in those moments? That's obviously going to be key in, 
kind of asserting himself within the the rotation. Right. And even um this past week he got seven snaps. So like Oh wow. Yeah, so it, it went down. It went down. <laughs> but yeah, like just getting that confidence up, getting that snap count up, getting the reps, getting the work in would be best for him. Yep. Um some news on signings. The Packers signed oh, I have too many tabs open. <laughs> Packers, <laughs> the Packers signed cornerback Corey Ballantine to their practice squad Wednesday, which isn't so much a problem um for the secondary as it is for Amari, Amari Rogers. Um Ballantine is pretty good on the special teams as a kick returner. He has a career average of twenty four point four yards per kickoff return per kickoff return, and in the 2021 preseason had a 73-yard kickoff against the Packers while he's with the Jets. So, um, worth noting that Amari Rodgers hasn't been involved in the offense, even when um, Sammy Watkins and Christian Watson were out, which is like, that's kind of where he should have slid into the the offense in that Christian Watson spot because that's what they used him as in the preseason, and instead signed backup depth for Jay Alexander, who also kick returns. Like, I think it's up to, um, it's up to Amari Rogers to prove he can do something in the kicking game to kind of save his job. It doesn't. I don't want to make it seem like it's that dire for him, but it seems that dire for him. Yeah, I, I think that's the thing too is that when you see these moves. They they don't outright say it. I'm sure um, NFL teams are a little bit more forthcoming and they have more press conferences about right. You know, there's more opportunity for to see their thinking, but because it's still like a cat and mouse game of like, okay, what can you really take away from what they say, what Lafleur says, any of the coordinators, blah blah blah. Right. So you look at like, oh, that's interesting. You're bringing in a guy who's an experienced kick returner. Um, yeah, you could say, oh, maybe it's cover for Alexander if he doesn't play or any other cornerbacks or whatever. Right. But we've seen how the last year and three games have gone for Amari Rogers. And yeah. he's already supplanted. He's barely had any of a footprint within the offense. I over think that it's, time. it's telling that they brought up John Winfrey instead of him yes. last week. Or instead, yes. They brought up Winfrey. To, second game, second week in a row, too, right? Yeah, to yeah. like replace the the depth at receiver, rather than incorporate Amari Rogers into the receiving game. Yes, and he even got targets too. Like it's not good for Mark Rogers on offense right now. No, no, not at all. And and we say this all, with all like the context of seeing the young whiteouts establish themselves and all this stuff. You're having Romeo Dobbs having a great game. Right. Even with how little the Packers scored. Yeah. Christian Watson, they've shown that they're going to utilize them. It's going to be in different ways that we, that we want. Really want. <laughs> but that's more than you can say for anything that they've done with the Murray Rogers to this point. Exactly. Um, for what it's worth to um I want a little bit of a not tangent, but I've noticed it and mentioned on the pod on um on Sunday that during one of the last kicks um of the of the game, the Buccaneers punted it away. The 
Mario Rogers had a lot of time to catch the ball from it and had a lot of space in front of him. And I was like, why did he fair catch this ball? He had he had so much room to do what he needed to do and get some yards out of this. Bill Huber reported today that that was planned by Rich Biasacha. That it wasn't mm. this thing. He just planned on him. He's like, told a fair catch it, essentially. So we can take that um, that criticism away. Doesn't pull it away so much in the fact that there has been more opportunities for him to return, and he's still fair caught it in other instances this year. And as we talked about last week, going into Buccaneers game, there, Biasacha, is that how you say it? Yep. Okay. <laughs> Biasacha's had, he's given free reign to, for Pat O'Donnell, the MVP, most valuable Pat in Green Bay. <laughs> you could have used um, most valuable punter. He got an NFL, NFC Special Teams Player of the Week. <laughs> no. I'm going Pat. Most valuable Pat. All right. Um, it should have been most valuable punter. Anyway, <laughs> he's given him free reign to to do his patty things, say Patty's Day, you know? Um, so it is telling to see, like, at one time you're like, okay, Pat, you we'll talk about this and confer with one another about what to do on this. And then with Amari, it's like, you're fair catching that ball. You are fair I don't catching care. that ball. I don't care if you have daylight in front of you. You're, you know, Right. That that also kind of just seeing see you see the trust level with exactly where things are at. And that's part of the issue. Like he's three years into it. Maybe we just let him kind of do his thing, but apparently not. Not. <laughs> <laughs> um. Briefly, good job, Pat O'Donnell. Proud of you. Herb NFC punt or NFC special teams player of the week. Uh. Roma Dobbs, nice job. Proud of you. Uh, Rookie of the week, I think, for, yeah, just NFC, if I'm not mistaken. I'm pretty sure it's all broken up. Yeah. So, great stuff. Great stuff. Great stuff. Let's keep building on it. We'd love to see another big game from Dobbs or Watson. Um, Anything else about the game? Oh, score predictions. You want to do this? Oh, yes. I want to, I'm throwing this at you right away. We can do it or not do it. We can do it for next week, too. You want to do players to watch? Just like, real quick. Just like yeah, let's do that. Yeah, I like yeah. that. Yeah, I think mine this week is going to be Romer Dobbs again. I want to see him build on that performance that he had last week. It's hard not to go with Dobbs. I know. You want you want upward momentum. Yep. Build Youngster. on build what on what he already showed last week against a lesser secondary. Like he did eight catches, yeah. eighty yards, and a touchdown against a really good secondary. What can you do against these guys? Yeah, and I, I another final note on him: all of the buzz that emanated from training camp and just seeing like, oh, they might have something with Romeo Dobbs here, and it was like, okay, it's. You don't want to like expect that every week. You don't want to expect that going into the season. But then it, to have that be vindicated at least in week three, right? And again, in an offensive performance that was lackluster beyond the first two drives, like that is very encouraging and yep. very positive to see. I will go. I'll do Bakhtiari. Perfect. I want to see. I think it's more of. 
it, it's entangled with how much are they going to trust him? Are they going to kind of hold back a little bit or are they going to kind of give him a little bit more stamp? I think the final number was 34. Uh, I can look for you quick. Um, let's see. Let's see. David Bakhtiari. Probably it's easier to do one of these. David Bakhtiari snap count. 35 snaps. 35 snaps. Yep. Which is not insignificant considering. 56%. Yeah, that's more than yeah, that's pretty pretty more than good. half. More than <laughs> <laughs> I was legitimately gonna say it. I know, that's why I said it. <laughs> I know. I, like, I win a Nobel Peace Prize for saying that's more than half the snaps. <laughs> um <laughs> I I am very interested in just to see if this is it's gonna be a season long thing of just like okay. Yeah. Is he? I think I throw him more in the fire. Is it? You know, are we going to take it easier or something like that? Yeah. And I think too, if Boxiari's in, I think they obviously have the run game that they can run wild with Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. But I think it's just more of like mm-hmm. <laughs> you have Boxiari back, and he's going to not just protect Aaron Rodgers, but he can create gaps and running lanes that Jones and Dillon can just again feast. Right. Um, before I forget, NFL rookie of the week from my dubs. Not there NFL. we go. Full, full NFL, which is good. Your your first instincts were correct. Um, for what it's worth, there is another tweet that I just like briefly want to touch on, not to get too sidetracked and bounce around, but um, from Justice Mosqueda. Um, he's a Acme Packing Company, I believe. Yep. Right? Yep. He uh, tweeted this afternoon, or I'm sorry, Monday afternoon, that the Packers' two-back packages aren't working. They've called 22. I'm sorry, they've called 28 um, split-back packages, and 22 of those plays they've averaged um, less than three yards per play. So, no. Yeah, not ideal. So, mm. as much as we wanted to see that in the beginning of the season, it might be time to start moving away from it a little bit, or seeing if they can mix in a different kind of way they do it because what they're doing now is not working so whether it's just doing a platoon and running single back on drives and stuff like that i'm fine with that or just making Mm -hmm. sure that they're running less of those plays and instead having a quote-unquote more traditional um offense um yeah dobbs bakhtiari works for me yep Score predictions. Let's we got it. some flack last week for our score predictions. There's not going to be a safety. It's a, the most disgusting uh, score prediction we've ever heard in my entire life. I'm pretty sure someone in the Discord said we're not allowed to do them anymore. And I'll have you guys know, we were pretty, pretty, pretty close. Safety's the, uh, out the window. But we were close. We, I'm doing... A wrestling promo, <laughs> holding the mic for you, podcast listeners. It's, it's red hot. <laughs> Jordan is holding the mic to his face like he's the Rock in a 1997 yeah. WWE promo. I just realized it's probably not hold the mic because it's going to get really loud in people's <laughs> listening holes. Um, yeah, we weren't far off. That was a horrible game, as we talked about. It wasn't necessarily about the score predictions themselves. 
even though I threw out the safety bomb. And you got to go, you got to go bold. That's my thinking. But it was a horrible game. Yeah. (laughs) It reflected how, how we projected it was reflected in how the game went. Yep. So I think your final score was like 12, 17 or something like that. Uh, Maybe 10, 17. No, because it was the scorigami. Oh, that is right. Yeah, it was something gross. I don't even want to think about it. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> the point being, yeah, w- neither team was we predicted, I know for sure, didn't score over 20. I no. Think you had a 12 in yours. <laughs> I had a 12. There was some two because I because of the safety. Because of the safety. <laughs> so we were, yeah, single digits, and we talked about just how terrible it was how reflected it was in. defense-oriented, which it absolutely yeah. was. It was reflected in Alan Lazard throwing up on the sidelines. <laughs> that was exact. I should have gone bold with that. Someone is going to puke. Yeah. On the sidelines. Um, this one is more conventional. Um, probably, I still think the offense is going to have its uh, growing pains. Yeah. Can I, I want to see the Packers score after this halftime i want to see it the okay. score of the second half. actually here we go full prediction all right we're back safety again <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna see a touchdown from the packers in the second half hot right take now. hot take scorching scorching which to this point we they only have one right because they did it against the vikings mm, i don't know uh banter a little bit i'll tell you yeah um <laughs> I yeah, I think the Packers are gonna score in the second half. I don't think they're gonna run away with it as much as I would like them to. On the other side of it, Patriots are starting Axel Hoyer. Axel um, Hoyer. Axel, 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 Axel Edward. Oh no, yeah, Ax- Axel Hoyer. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um I'll go. They did 27-14. They did score in the second half against the Vikings. They did. Because there was kind of a moment where it was like, okay, maybe they can kind of squeeze it out or, right. Right. or make it. You're saying uh, 27 to 14. Yeah. I am going super optimistic, super homer, super. I want this game to be done in the third quarter. I'm going 45 to 10. Whoa. I want blowout. You want blood. I want blood. <laughs> I want Axel Edward to question why you... he ever wanted to be a quarterback in the NFL. Why he came back in his year 37 season. I want, I really want a blowout. If if they're going to be as hampered as they as it's seeming, they're seemingly they're going to be, there's no reason that we shouldn't be able to pick this defense apart after what we saw during the first two quarters of the against the Buccaneers last week. Like the talent is there. Mm-hmm. The ability to do this is there. I want them to have a complete offensive game against a severely lesser opponent and go out and do it. Get Dobbs a good day. Get Watson a good day. Get Lazard a good day. Like just be a dominant offensive team this week as they go into this stretch of games where they really don't face a lot of good defenses. They face the Patriots, the Giants, the Jets, and the Commanders before they face the Bills. Like, that's four games where they really should have mm. no problem winning. 
Like these next four weeks, we need to go four and zero. There's there's no excuse yeah. about it. Like you can go three and one if you lose the Giants game. You can't lose against the Jets or the Commanders. In any case, that that you no. just can't do it. <laughs> no, not at all. So and and win go four and zero definitively. Yeah, that is that is the thing that is kind of holding them back with just how the start has been. Yep, I think that. Go ahead, sorry. Well, it's it's you know you can again. You can see flashes of where they, what they're trying to build and where they're trying to go, but it's just a matter of how can expectation and potential meet reality. Right, exactly. And I think this four weeks will be a really good stretch of seeing what this offense is capable of doing and what they can be at their best. Yes. And if they can get into this really good stretch of just beating up on some of these bad teams before they go to Buffalo and face the Bills, I think we have a better chance of winning that game than we might if we stumble through these next four games. Because if you're you're playing second halves against the Bears and the Buccaneers like we had had against the Bucs and the Bears, against these next four teams, then it's cause for concern. Then it's a coaching and execution problem as to why we can't continue piling on the score after halftime. Yeah. So, not to get super serious, but like, I say 45-10, it shouldn't be that hard. I should, I'm expecting a a good game. Like, if they let's go 45 points, that's fine. Like, that's a lot. That's six touchdowns and a field goal. That's a lot. That's a lot. Like, 35-10 or 30-10, that's still good. Like, that's Mm -hmm. still the type of performance I want to see. You want to see the Packers trim Steve Belichick's ugly mullet <laughs> or whatever it is. <laughs> That's right. That's exactly what I want to see. And I don't want to see him do his gross tongue stuff that he does on the sideline. It, oh, don't, don't watch the YouTube people. <laughs> Listen. Alrighty. Anything else, Jordan, that you want to touch on for this week? No, I want to see the Packers win, win good, beat my score prediction. And uh, I don't want to hear any flack for the score prediction because we did. We, yeah, we, have no tr- we have we have proven to be Packer prophets, <laughs> prediction prophets, Packers prediction for the safety part. prophets, PPP. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> We'll be the better PPP in the PPP loans. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're off the rails. All right, everybody. Uh, please, please go rate and review the podcast. We love doing it. We haven't had um, a review in quite some time. I'd love to hear one of your one of your guys' reviews, how you think the season's going, how you think our coverage of this season is going. And we always love a five-star review. Only read the five-star reviews. Um, so if you believe four and a half or four, not going to get read. Gotta leave that 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 whole five stars. Go to gspn.info for all the other podcasts and uh and the GSPN network. That's redundant. The Heroes Podcast Network. Uh, it's Buck seasons around the corner. If I'm not mistaken, they play preseason this. Oh yeah, they play Saturday. I think so. Yeah. So you just season, reminded me of that too. You're welcome. <laughs> Bucks is, is coming up fast as they go to compete for another title. The uh, the um, Brewers, I mean, who knows? Are in it? <laughs> are in it, apparently, as of 6.47 p.m. Central Standard Time. 
the Phillies lost to the Cubs today, and they are now, I think, tied in the wild card, but not tied because we don't own the tiebreaker. So go listen to Cruising for a Bruising, bruising with uh, Adam and Andrew as they get their hopes up that the Brewers can take care of business these last seven, eight games and make a hopeful playoff run. And get ready for your step. Great for winning six. They're coming back in fierce ways with the Bucks coming back. So, oh, and make time for this. Adam and Andrews. Make time for make time for this. That's right. Adam and Andrews, <laughs> Junk Drawer Pod, Pop Culture, Movies, all that good stuff. So we appreciate all of you listening. Uh, Jordan, thank you so much, buddy. Thank you. 